This is the Get Stuff Done Cast Cast. I'm Dave, the mayor of New York City, a city, um, let's say a city of neighborhoods, right? Yeah, let's call it that. Has a podcast. The only person listening to it is a dog walker in Queens named Dave. If this is your first time here, uh, welcome. Thank you for coming by. A longer explainer about what's going on here is in the first episode, but listen in whatever order you like. Do not feel any obligation to listen to the Mayor's Podcast. It's incredibly bad. And anyway, I'm listening to it. I'll tell you what you need to know. Today, I'm talking about the 10th episode of Mayor Eric Adams's podcast, the Get Stuff Done cast, titled Queer All Year, The Business of Pride and the Economics of Equality in NYC, released June 15th, 2023. Trigger warning that this episode talks about the anti-LGBTQ plus legislative efforts in Florida throughout the episode. And also there's at least one instance of someone describing experiencing anti-gay bigotry towards the end. You know, no worries at all if you'd rather not hear any or all of that. And also, look, if you're tired of the mayor, just generally, I can completely understand that as well. And take your time. This will be here. He may not be, but whenever you'd like to listen. Or, you know, not at all. It's totally fine. Anyway, a whole bunch of clips of people, Adams, without naming them, identifies as LGBTQ plus members of City Hall and business leaders play at the top, talking about how inclusive NYC is and how much NYC wants to protect LGBTQ plus citizens of the city, which is nice. Today, Adams is interviewing Kelly Parkin, the executive director of the National LGBT Chamber of Commerce, New York. And that's how they structure the name of their group. Um, The chamber's existed for like 20 years, and I'm guessing the name probably dates before, you know, the Q or plus were in common usage. At any rate, I feel like I should say something about chambers of commerce. And, uh, you know, I think... People generally have a sense that COCs are somehow official or formal, possibly even governmental. But in the U.S., COCs are just groups of businesses that come together to lobby for the interests of their business members, usually the owners of those businesses. That's it. Some of them are more formal than others. Some are nonprofits, some are not. Some are for specific industries or geographical areas. Some are for specific demographics of business owners. Best I can tell, the NGLCC, as they shorten it, is not a nonprofit, or at least their website makes no mention of their 401c3 status, but it does make repeated mention of their status as a provider of certification opportunities for certified LGBT business enterprise suppliers, and the registered trademark for that phrase is always included. The application for businesses appears to cost $900. The mayor begins by complimenting Kelly's necklace, which is, I think, the first time he's done anything like that to a guest. It's a little weird, in no small part, because this is an audio medium, but it gets Kelly talking about where she got it, and she's fresh from having all of the affiliate groups for her organization out to New Mexico, where she got this necklace. 
Did you bring Chambers from around the country, the mayor asks, as if Kelly had not just said she'd been there for a meeting of all the affiliate groups? Her organization is the New York chapter and also the headquarters of the national chapter, she says. What's the goal, asks, asks the mayor. We're like any other chamber of commerce, says Kelly, education, networking, business growth for specifically LGBT owned businesses, helping them to connect to our corporate partners that have expressed an interest in working with those businesses. Kelly expresses that these corporations are interested in working with LGBT businesses because it's good business, as well as maintaining your talent, retaining talent. And of course, the LGBT community intersects with all kinds of marginalized communities. So she makes a point of saying, this is really about minority representation across the board. She mentions that not everyone likes this and that this comes with complications. And there's another mashup of clips of unnamed people talking about how wonderful it is for LGBTQ plus people in NYC. Is this an ad for New York? I mean, again, you know, who is the audience for this podcast? If there's a queer kid in like a rural area of the country who wants to be in New York City, I, I literally cannot imagine a less cool way of telling them to come here than having the weird mayor of New York City interview this lady about gay business. Back from the clips, quote, I just moved here from Florida, says Kelly. Where? Due to the anti-LGBTQ plus laws being signed, it's pretty hard for businesses. You know, of the many concerns I have about Florida's terrifying legal regime at the moment, the flow of capital is really, really low on my list. Quote, we were really front and center when the governor came out with some of his horrific policies, says Adams. Kelly asks the mayor a question, which is another first, I think, on this podcast, asking him what went through his mind when he said, we're going to do something about this and start his billboard campaign. They don't talk at all anymore about this. So it's up to the listener to figure out what the fuck that meant. But apparently in April... Adams trolled DeSantis by putting together digital billboards that uh, were intended to be displayed in five major markets in Florida that said things like, quote, come to the city where you can say whatever you want over a sea of the word gay, which, you know, decently funny. But aside from the dunk, I doubt it actually did anything to make anything better for gay people or in Florida or NYC. Mostly it just sent NYC's money to Florida's billboard industry. It doesn't make NYC any less expensive to move to or live in, which is a barrier to entry for a lot of people, particularly if they've had discriminatory blocks placed on their employment, thus limiting their earnings. Anyway, in answer to the question, Adams talks about how we have to get rid of all bigotry. You know, Kelly seems truly upset about what's happening in Florida, and I genuinely feel for her and... You know, I also looked up what pronouns she uses, she, her. Um, Adams didn't ask, though, at least on air, nor has he done so in any episode so far. She talks about how her friends and loved ones that are still in Florida are under threat and that it doesn't matter to the state that these are good people. The state wants to erase them. The mayor replies, quote, and the economics of the community, they're huge spenders. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's the main concern, that the, 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 they're spenders. Good fucking Lord. 
how can NYC's SBS improve services for LGBTQ plus businesses, the mayor asks. Well, Kelly says, she's only been here for four months, so she doesn't want to give too much advice yet. The mayor seems to learn this at the moment she says it, and I feel like a pretty good list of signs that your podcast is a train wreck could be compiled from events like these that happen on the Get Stuff Done cast. She adds, though, that she's excited to look for more ways that they can partner and, quote, I didn't even know there's an office of nightlife. The mayor responds to this by just sort of yelling, Pride Month! Yeah! Says Kelly. Quote, how can we leverage Pride Month, asks the mayor, which seems to just sort of cement the idea that he thinks of gay people as just walking wallets. Your podcast host is bracing himself for the next time he hears this question of a representative of an historically marginalized group. Kelly, despite her position at what is essentially a financially, you know, interested institution actually does a pretty admirable admirable job of steering away from the monetary aspects of this question and centering advocacy for LGBTQ plus people and communities as one of the main aspects of pride. And also, she reminds the mayor, it's important to remember that this is not just a, you know, this month thing, quote, we're queer all year. Ha ha, replies the mayor, that's a bumper sticker. Oof, God, yikes. They meander in somewhat vague ways about the future of all this, and also Kelly tells a pretty harrowing story about getting screamed at for being gay a couple weeks ago at a Yankees game. But she says she's happy to be here, where it truly is an accepting environment. The mayor asks her what her plans are for Pride, and Kelly says she's looking forward to Dyke March. So, you know, she's a lot cooler than I gave her credit for go Kel. That's great. That more or less winds things up. There's another series of clips of unnamed people to take us out. I do want to highlight that the mayor talked a bit about marriage equality, which to his credit, he was an early supporter of, uh, and, and he voted for it when he was a state senator, even on the vote where it didn't pass. And that was a political risk. He brings it up less frequently than I'd expect, and it makes it all the weirder that it seems like he didn't have anyone that he could ask to be on his podcast for Pride Month except this woman who just moved here from Florida, especially in a city with as many queer icons, advocates, artists, etc., 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 as NYC has. It makes it all the weirder that they were discussing gay issues through the lens of business. It's weird that business is being discussed without any business owners in the room. It's weird that this episode talks about the economics of pride without talking to an economist or someone involved in the planning or implementation of pride. It's weird that a former cop is talking about pride at all. Pride started with the Stonewall riot against police brutalization of the gay community in New York. It literally started when somebody threw a brick at a cop. But then, you know, Adams is a really weird guy. And as much as I'm trying to figure him out by listening to his podcast, you know, sometimes the best I've got is, dude's weird. But, but, before I move on, I do want to say something here about how whatever Adams is doing with this podcast actually intersects with Queer NYC. And I'll be um, personal here. 
Um, I'm experiencing possibly the weirdest midlife crisis I can imagine. I'm about to turn 46. Uh, both of my parents died in the last couple of years after long and extremely brutal illnesses. The pandemic has thrown everyone into cycles of loneliness and extreme trauma. This, of course, includes me. The result for me has been a sense of identity placelessness, which naturally leads one to start asking questions, investigating, exploring. One blog leads to another. One podcast leads to another. I'm being deliberately vague here because... I don't really know how to identify anymore. But I guess I'm saying, uh, particularly vis-a-vis gender, that once you start looking into the ways you were defined that you didn't really choose, it becomes glaringly obvious that most of the identities that society applies to you without your input You know, those are mostly for the benefit of certain parts of society, not for you. And some of those benefited parts of society are not good. About the worst and most toxic parts of me are those that are unthinkingly male-identified, the ones that have taken on the toxic parts of toxic masculinity. Now, that's not to say that maleness is inherently bad, or that if you identify fully with maleness, you must be toxic or something stupid like that. But it is saying that the way our society, and if you're listening to this, I'm just kind of assuming that you're more or less in the same society as me, and forgive me if that's wrong, the way our society insinuates maleness onto people identified as male is often extremely bad, And that male-identified people can pick up a lot of really bad stuff from that. And that as a result, you know, of all of the things that I've experienced in the last, you know, few years, I'm realizing that I've never particularly heavily identified with being male. Or female. Or anything but relatively placeless. Where is all this going? I mean, who fucking knows? You know, I may wind up back where I started or in another place altogether. You know, feeling placeless, though, can be incredibly scary and lonely. Which is why I feel extremely blessed and lucky to be having these thoughts and to be asking these questions in New York City. It is a huge fucking privilege to be here, to be able to afford being here, and to have the access to a city full of vibrant examples of queerness and queer joy, to just be able to go to queer spaces. Now, I'm I'm about to be 46. I'm not going to a lot of, you know, any spaces. Most nights, I'm going to bed. 
But in the same way that New York is a lot more survivable when you realize that at any one time you're only 15 minutes from Grand Central Station and a trip upstate to clear your head, even though you'll take that opportunity at most once every few years, the fact that I can walk from my apartment to multiple spaces, if I want, that are just coded, come as you are, that's incredible. And that sense of embrace, of process, of possibility, of joy, is just not here in the stupid podcast of the mayors about making money off of queer people, but never once mentioning their happiness. The mayor, you know, he may be having a good time, but he makes it sound so fucking transactional and dull. All right. That was a lot. So, um... What was Eric Adams up to during the period of time between the release of the last episode of his podcast, May 25th, 2023, and this one on June 15th? Uh, to find out, I uh, lean heavily on the reporting of two fantastic New York City outlets, The City and Hellgate, both of which I support financially. I encourage you to do so as well. Links to their websites are in the show notes. You know, possibly answering the question, why did the mayor have to resort to interviewing a person who moved to NYC four months ago about gay business ownership in NYC, multiple LGBTQ plus political clubs in the city announced for the second year in a row that they would not attend the mayor's pride reception at Gracie Mansion, citing his decisions to bring anti-gay figures into his administration and a lack of communication with those groups about the issues they've raised to him. Newly released data showed that despite stop and frisk being declared legal in 2013, the first quarter of 2023 saw the most stops since 2015, and 93% of those stopped were black or Latino. White people, who make up 31% of the population of NYC, made up just 6% of the stops. And apparently Eric Adams started walking into his press conferences to Jay-Z and Alicia Keys' Empire State of Mind because he is... He's just, he, he's exhausting. He's absolutely exhausting. If you like this, if you thought it was interesting, if you want to hear more, the best way to make sure you do so is to hit subscribe on whatever podcatcher app you're using to hear my voice right now. The best way to let other people know about this podcast is not to rate or review it. I refuse to believe that works. Um, instead, if you'd like to help, just, you know, uh, tell somebody about it. But don't waste your time. On, on, you know, going to a website and being like, uh, let me type out uh, 100 words on why this is great. It, just use that time for something else, like getting caught up on the discography of the Mountain Goats. There are so many Mountain Goats albums. Uh, transcripts of the show are available at stuffstuffcastcast.wixsite.com slash stufftranscripts. I would love to hear from you. You can email me at stuffstuffcastcast at gmail.com. As always, my sincere thanks to my friend John Coyne for all of his help with this podcast. He's, he's the best. And I will see you next time.